So, lesson number one. We mentioned right out of the gate, if you will, secular worldview, biblical worldview. They're going to be the complete opposite of one another. Okay? Secular world worldview and biblical worldview. Where are we going to get our... Uh, how are we going to formulate what we believe? Okay? And uh, we, want, we want to formulate what we believe based on Scripture. We don't want to be confused. And the only way to not be confused is to go to the Word of God and go to the one who started it all. And God did, as we just read, created male and female. Now, what we're going to focus on in lesson number eight, and we'll get as far into it as we can tonight, is God's original design. Again, what was God's original design? We just looked at it. It was male and female. Now, the culture of our day would, I will just tell you right away, the culture of our day, not culture, maybe not culture as in nationality culture, but the view of our world today in which we live, this information is, in, in some cases, in some ways, um, it's labeled as offensive. It's labeled as, as far as, it can go as far as to say that it is hate speech. And so that's, that's where we live in 2022. But we need to make sure, that again, that we recognize that it is our, our position is one thing, but our disposition needs to, we need to make sure our disposition, as Brother Kevin preached about on Wednesday night, if you missed that, you need to listen to that message. Our disposition must always be from a foundation of love. It's not that we as Christians want to say, okay, we're going to go out, we hate all those people, let's go out. No, no, no. That's not biblical either. So as we look at this series tonight, a couple of things that I want to point out before we get into these topics, which can be, again, uh, very foreign to this world, very offensive to the world in which we live in, but they are essential to your life and mine so that we can help people experience how did God design you? God designed you and God designed me uh, before we even came out of the womb, God designed me to be a man. And I'm thankful for that. And God designed you before you came out of the womb, if you're a woman, to be a woman. These are things that we might think, man, 10, 15, 20 years ago, you'd have to scratch your head to realize where we are in 2022 and what we have to actually talk about. But that's okay. Again, the Bible is timeless. So we go to the Scripture. So, but let me give you a couple of things uh, uh, by way of introduction. Number one, God loves everyone. Don't forget that. God loves everyone. Including... People that disagree with Bible truth. God loves everyone. Number two, as the people of God, we also should love everyone. We should love everyone. And we welcome 
These individuals, if you know of someone that's struggling with this in their own life, with question, with their questions and struggles regarding gender or the topics of gender in marriage. Thirdly, if what the Word of God says about these topics is the truth, and we can say tonight that we believe the Word of God is true. John 17, 17 tells us that. Then, if we believe it, and I pray that we believe it, and we teach it, we are not promoting hate. We are not promoting hurt. We are not promoting violence. In fact, we are promoting help and we are promoting healing. So again, that's the mindset we want to have. Mindset isn't, you know, let's just run over everybody that disagrees with us. No, we don't want to run over anybody. We want to help hurting people. We want to enable hurting people to hear the truth. And the truth can set them free. Now, there are people in our world today who despise God's design. There are people in our world today who despise uh, God's uh, plan for their life. Here's a quote. The church of Jesus Christ faces an unprecedented challenge. Here's the quote. The church of Jesus Christ faces an unprecedented challenge. The collision between it, the church, and a new sexual ethic. A collision between revelation and revolution. This is revelation. This is God's revealed word to you and to me. The collision in our world today is between revelation and a new revolution. The quote goes on to say, the revolution is a sexual one. It is indeed a revolution demanding a complete reordering of society and civilization. Reordering of society and civilization. We go all the way back to the Garden of Eden and who do we have? We have one man and one woman. We have Adam and Eve. God created male, God created female. So what is happening in our day is this revolution is to reorder and reorganize what is clearly written for us in the Scriptures. But again, not everyone cares about what the Bible says. For some people, the rejection of God's plan begins through a deep hurt early in their life. It could be that someone was abused as a child. It could be that someone was exposed to pornography early in life. It could be that uh, someone is living in this way in confusion because of an absentee parent. What are we seeing in 2022 is a revolution against God's revelation. And uh, we need to just make sure that the Word of God is where we're basing our worldview. It will help us to be anchored, not confused. When you think about our children tonight, children in the nursery over here, children in the patch club, and even these teenagers here tonight, you would still say, there are, of course, there are children. I don't know if there's ever a point in, our, in age where we cease to be someone's child. I don't think so. 
We always view them as that. But obviously the formidable years of childhood are crucial. Let me just encourage you parents that are here tonight with all age children, but especially those children that are still within the uh, molding years, if you will. It says in my notes here, children without proper role models and training from parents are primed to become confused and to mimic the dominant influence in their life. Think about it tonight. What is the dominant influence in your child's life? As a parent, who do you want to be the dominant influence in, in your child's life? Well, you might you would say, well, I want it to be me. And that would be that would be a good, definitely a good thing to say. As long as me is leading them to the things of the Word of God. We want the dominant influence in our kids' life to be truth. And again, truth never changes. It doesn't matter if it's 2022 or 1973. You probably heard this week of the Roe v. Wade decision that the United States Supreme Court uh, tossed out and said that it was no longer legal federally. That thing was passed the year I was born. I was born in 1973. That's when Roe v. Wade was passed originally by the Supreme Court. And I must say, and this isn't, I don't want to get into politics here, but I don't think it's too political to say that we stand for life as believers. We stand for life. Always. And so what is it that's influencing our lives? Who is it that's influencing our lives? Sometimes our kids are being influenced by a friend who's more confused than they are. Again, I'm not trying to be unkind to you teenagers, and it was only, uh, only God's sovereign plan that you would even be in here tonight. So don't discount this. This isn't attacking teenagers or, or, or simple kids, because kids are simple. They're growing into maturity. And it's our responsibility as parents and, and even adults in Anchor Baptist Church to lead them to maturity based on the principles of the Word of God. But it's unfortunate that many times they're listening to people that are more confused about certain things than they are. And that, that we definitely don't want to be uh, the trend. When God speaks of male and female... In our text tonight, he gives two distinct genders. And God strictly forbids these genders from being blurred within Scripture. So, let's take a look at as far into this outline as we can. Number one. How has it that the world has come to where we are tonight? Number one. We see, we've seen an attacks on morality. Number one, attacks on morality. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Attacks on morality. The first attack that we see on morality is a forsaking of God. A forsaking of God. Just saying, you know what? There is no God. Really, when someone says that, more likely what they're saying is, 
I'm God and I'll do what I want to do. So there really is a God. It's themselves. We would call it humanism. So, you know, again, I, I, I don't want to argue with anybody because that's not what, I'm, what we're trying to do. But we take that as a grain of salt when somebody says there is no God. It's really just saying, I don't want anybody over me to tell me what to do. I'll do whatever I want. Look what it says in Romans chapter 1, verse 21. It says, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. When they knew God. Neither were thankful. But what happened? They became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. So they came to Roselle. They, they knew of God. They knew about God. And they said, nope, I'm not going to go that way. They glorified Him not as God. And so because of that, uh, they weren't thankful either. And their vanity came in. Verse 22, uh, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Verse 23, the next step that comes, so uh, there's a forsaking of God. The next step that follows is a worshiping of creation. Are we supposed to worship creation? Yes or no? No, we're to worship the Creator. God. In the beginning, God created we're not to go out and hug one of these trees and bow down to one of these trees. Yes, we need to take care of our the area that we live in. We need to be respectful of, of, of you know, we don't want to throw garbage out and litter and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? This I'm not, I'm not here to worship the Creator. Now, I love the mountains. I love the things that we have. But what do they point us to? They point us to God. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth the Samuel. Look at verse 20, uh, 23. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. Let's bring it, let's bring God down to our level. No, 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 that's, that's not what we're to do. As Christians, we're asking God to help us to be more like Christ. Not to be more like this world. But that's the philosophy. Let's bring God down to our level and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Denying God's existence always opens the door to glorifying and worshiping the creation and the creature. We go this direction, science and philosophy... Even man's own thoughts become superior over truth. Well, I just don't believe that. Okay. The fact that somebody doesn't believe the Bible doesn't make the Bible any less true than it was before somebody said, I don't believe it. Right? My belief or lack thereof doesn't make the Bible more strong or less strong. You understand what I'm saying? It stands alone. It needs no explanation necessarily from me. Now, we, we do explain it. We do want to study it to show ourselves approved unto God. But that's, for, that's because I need to study the Word of God. The Word of God is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. So, but when we push God out, when society pushes God out, the creature begins to be worshipped. John Phillips said, when a man dethrones God from his thinking, 
He feels that human science and philosophy make belief in God completely unnecessary. When science and philosophy, when I've dethroned God, they make God unnecessary. What happens next? Look at verse 24. So there's the denying of God. There's the worshiping of the creature. Worshiping of the, uh, the creation. And then there's, there's a, a following of lust. Look at verse 24. Wherefore God also gave them up to... This is before we get to A. We haven't got to A yet. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts. Remember that word lust means desires. So God basically just says to this individual, Okay, you want that? Go for it. But the problem is they have no idea where that desire is going to end up. The problem is they have no idea how far that sin is going to take them. But because they push God out, God gives them up and God gives them over to that. And the Bible says here um, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Why do we have people dishonoring this body that God gave them? By the way, this body is not yours as a Christian. Uh, this body belongs to the Lord. But in a sense, even for the unbeliever, that body was not for them. It was not, they didn't earn that. They didn't get that. God gave it to them. But why is, that, why is this happening? That the, uh, that the world has gone so far with the body itself without going and being very descriptive about it. How come? It all starts with that rejection of God. Because the rejection of God will lead people way out in the left field, so to speak. And it's right here. It's right here. This was not written last week. God said this is what's going to happen. It's happening today. There's a connection clearly between the attitude of one toward God and his or her personal identity. No fear of God, no belief in God, no presence of God in someone's life. Guess what? There is no moral restraint. None. Letter A. There is an enticements, there are enticements to lust. Enticements to lust. The loss of the recognition of God in culture and in many lives of people today is clearly the link to the sexual revolution that we are living in right now. It is the rejection of God. It's brought us to where we are right now. Again, that doesn't mean we... We sulk and we, we, we worry and we fret, but we have to, again, we want to, we, I, I want, as a pastor, I want the, the family of God to not be confused. And again, I, I pray that most of us here in this room tonight, as adults, but even these, these teenagers and these children, and, and again, uh, what, what they're hearing in a public school, oh, be very careful. This is being propagated to children. We're talking about five and six and seven years old to begin to plant seeds of gender doubt and identity. 
It's out there. Television shows, libraries having these, and again, I don't want to be too, I don't want to be too whatever, but these drag queens coming into libraries and reading stories to kids. And it's, I've seen some clips and people around, and there's parents sitting around just, it doesn't seem like it's even a problem. It's like, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. Romans chapter 1. That's what happened. This book is forever settled in heaven. And God says, if you, if you reject me, if you push me out, this is where you're headed. He spelled it out right here in his book. Letter A, the enticement to lust. Pornography. Industry. Movie industry. Constantly bombarding our society with enticements. God has given a man and a woman, a husband and a wife. Let me back up. God has given a husband and a wife something beautiful. And, and, and Satan has taken that relationship, that physical relationship between a husband and a wife. And by the way, that's the only place that sex is supposed to be happening is between one man who's married to one woman. Not before. Not unless they're married. That's where it's supposed to be. And Satan has taken it. And, and I remember being a teenager and the preaching was all about not having sex until you're married. That's what the preaching was about. And now we have to preach about the fact that it's not good for a man and a man to have that. Or a woman and a woman to have that. I'm not trying to be crude, okay? But see what happens. The world just keeps on going. Remember that old illustration? You've heard it before. The world is here. We're here. We want to stay separate from the world. The world's going that direction. And the world moves over. And the world's here now. And if we're not careful, we as Christians, we're just moving right along with the world. Now we're here. Where the world used to be. And I'm not saying we. I'm just saying if we're not careful, we've got to guard against it. And the world's going to keep going. By the way, the world is, a, is, a, is an out-of-control locomotive. Remember what we talked about in 1 John, by the way. You've got to go to 1 John to understand who I'm, what I'm talking about when we talk about the world. The philosophy of this world. Who is controlling the philosophy of this world? The prince and power of the air. It's an out-of-control locomotive that's going to stop at nothing except destruction. It's not good enough for us as believers to say, well, I'm still separate from the world. Look, I'm not as bad as the world. But if I'm here, when I used to be over here, I need to say, world, just keep on going. I'm standing right here. I'm anchored in the Word of God. Whether or not society tells me I'm a kook or a quack, so be it. I'll be a kook for Jesus. I'll be a quack for Jesus. This old world is headed the wrong way in a hurry. Now, I, we've got to love the people of this world. I'm talking about the philosophy of the world. The people are not my enemy. The people are someone that I need to love. The people are someone that we need to love. Always. Always. 
You don't want to go out of here and be angry at anything. No, angry is not the solution. Don't go there. Don't go there. Satan's got, got me or you deceived if we think we can just, let's have an argument. Let's win an argument. No, that's not going to go there. Let's go to our knees as Christians. Solution is never to win the world and then everything's going to be all right. The solution is if my people yes. shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from our wicked ways. Let's not get so caught up. Yes, we're going to go through the lesson, but let's remember it's up to us to make sure we're where we need to be. Enticement to lust. Verse 24, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies themselves. We read this. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever and amen. Who is blessed forever and ever amen. Notice in verse 24 of Romans 1, the phrase gave them up. Gave them up. It comes from a Greek word, paradidomi, paradidomi, which means to give into the hands of another. In other words, here's what God does. God allows someone, because we all have a free will, we learned, we've learned throughout the series that that's God's love, allowing us to have a free will. But what this means, this this gave them up, God allows people, He gives people over to the bondage of the lifestyle that they choose. God convicts, God's warn, warns. You and I have a free will. And when God is continually rejected, He eventually allows them their own devices, their own consequences based on the choices that they've made. That's what that phrase in verse 24 says. God also gave them up. He allowed them to have whatever it was that they wanted. So, letter A, their enticement to lust, they surrendered to their own lust. Number two, underneath letter A, they were swayed. I don't think it's a number in your notes. But they were swayed by fornication. Turn over to 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. We're going to come back to Romans. First Corinthians 6. Apostle Paul, writing to a church that had its share of problems within the church. We'll look at that verse in just a moment. Let's look at it now. Flee, verse 18. Verse 18. Flee fornication. Let's stop right there. Flee fornication. This word comes from the Greek word, some of you know this, pornea. P-O-R-N-E-I. P-O-R-N-E-I. Remember, the New Testament is primarily written in what language originally? Greek. The Old Testament was written primarily in what language? Hebrew. Okay? So many times it's very important that we go back. We don't have to be an expert in Greek to understand the Bible. Don't get me wrong. 
there's nothing wrong with you know doing a little bit of study and seeing okay what word is this translated from and this word fornication was translated from the greek word pornea and again we recognize that word in the english language because we have a word called pornography and that's where we get our english word pornography from from the word pornea in greek the word fornication in 1 Corinthians 6.18. What does this word refer to? It refers to any deviant sexual behavior, including sexual intimacy before marriage, adultery, homosexuality, bestiality, and sexual rituals in the worship of idols. So a lot of times we might look at this verse and say, flee fornication. Well, you know what? I'm not involved in homosexuality. But wait a minute. That's not the only thing this is talking about. It has a whole lot more to it than that. Any activity sexually outside of marriage between a man and a woman is forbidden by God. And it's sinful. We need to flee it. It might be on a computer screen. It might be on a laptop. It might be on an iPad. It might be on your cell phone. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. You can just look at it for a little bit. No, flee it. Flee it. Paul writes, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. The Greek and Roman worlds were wrapped up in this stuff. So much so that it would lead to their own destructions of their own nations. The enticement to lust. Again, there is desire, a God-given desire, a rightful desire within the bounds. Just like we said this morning, doing something right but the wrong way. I believe that whole statement can be applied to what we're talking about tonight. Letter B. Enticements to lust. Letter B. Let's go back to Romans 1, please, quickly. Romans 1. Letter B. Enticements to homosexuality. Remember, we're talking about the attack on morality. The attack on morality. How have we got where we are? Because letter number one, the attack on morality. Letter A, the enticement to lust. Constantly, constantly, constantly. Letter B, there's the enticement to homosexuality. Look at verse 27 of Romans 1. And likewise also, the men leaving the natural use of the woman. So th this... this Revolution, quote unquote, that we have today is not new to God. Oh, oh, all of a sudden God's up in heaven. Oh, oh, we have a problem here. No, that's not God. God put it in, it's been settled in heaven forever. This, this, this verse didn't just come out in last week's newspaper. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men. Working that which is unseemly. Another word for that in the English is shameful. And receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. 
And even as they did not like to retain who? God. They did not like to retain God in their knowledge. What did God do? Gave them over to a reprobate mind. A debased mind. A defiled mind to do those things which are not convenient. But where did it start? Pushing God. Pushing God. The rejection, the attack on morality leads to an enticement, even to homosexuality. The ungodly world we live in consistently promotes this lifestyle and actively encourages involvement. How is this being done? One way this is being done is again, for me to talk about this, I would be considered a bigot. To even bring the Bible into the equation and say, the reason why you should not be living this way is because this is what the Bible says. Hate speech, this book right here. That's the world in which we live. If we reject the model created by God, which is Adam and Eve, if we reject the model created by God, this agenda that we have in our world today, the LGBTQ agenda, what is their agenda? To reject the pattern created by God. What was the pattern created by God? We read it in Genesis chapter 1. God created male and female. Created Eden. Ultimately, it is a complete rejection of God. In 2019, the Washington Post published an article by Nathaniel Frank about the intentions of the gay rights activists, claiming that these activists always intended to push for marriage as a goal. Frank said this, these activists didn't just want to create alternative communities for queer people, I'm reading a quote, they aim to remake society, they aim to remake society around the novel social arrangements they cherished, addressing human need and desire through broad community structure, structures rather than monogamous nuclear families. Translation, destroying the nuclear family. What is the nuclear family? A man and a woman. What is God's, what was God's original intent? A man and a woman. But when we reject God, we open up the door to everything. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. And don't, don't, don't forget, don't forget what we said right at the beginning tonight. We need to ask God to help us to love everyone. We don't have to love, we don't have to love, we shouldn't love everyone's, anyone's sin, including mine to start with. 
We, we, we're not, we're not, we have to separate the actions from the one doing them. Because there isn't anyone God doesn't love. Don't forget that. There isn't anyone on this planet that God doesn't love. But there does come a place in someone's life where they have pushed God, they have pushed God, they have pushed God, they have rejected God, that God does give them up to their own choices. Make sure that the influences in your home, make sure the influences in your home are not coming from people that are more confused with maybe your children are confused. And I'm not saying yours are, but we want to be very careful. Who are we allowing to influence our kids? By the way, you teenagers here tonight, this is the Word of God. I did not write this book. God wrote it. God wrote it with an intention of, of, of showing you His perfect will for your life. He created you exactly how you are. And while you or I may not like everything about our way God created us, we were uniquely created in the image of God. And for me to say, for me to say, oh, I'd rather be a woman, is to say, God, you messed up. I want, I want to control me. I want to control my life. No, God made me to be a man. God made you, if you're a lady, to be a lady. And if you're a man, to be a man. I mean, this seems so elementary to me, but it is, it is a, it is a problem. And ultimately, if we need to find our fulfillment in God who created us, who fearfully and wonderfully made us. He made you to be who you are, to think like you think, and your, your, your idiosyncrasies and your talents and your abilities, they're all part of the complete package. Because God loves you. And I'm so burdened for the people in our world today that are confused. They're confused. They don't recognize they've, been, they've bought into a lie. The devil has deceived them to a place to believe that God doesn't love them. God's never made a mistake. And I pray that God will protect this flock. We recognize God didn't just didn't create us to, He didn't have anything better to do. 